0: Tonight is study number one of Genesis chapter five. We're going to be reading the first two verses. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. I'll stop reading there. Now, we we have already talked about, back in Genesis chapter 1, God's creation of mankind and how man was created in the likeness and image of God. And, of course, that's a tremendous thing. It's a wonderful fact of this creation that God has created a creature in his own likeness which is unique as far as uh, everything we can tell in the Bible. God has not done this before. Man stands alone as the only creature in this world, in this creation, and in all likelihood, in all other of the creations of God that was made in the very image and likeness of God. Now, here... To begin with, in Genesis five, this is a statement we would almost expect to be found uh, in Genesis one: one. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made He him. But we're in chapter five of Genesis. God has already uh, recorded the creation, itself in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. He's already told us about the fall of mankind in Genesis chapter 3. And actually, several decades, we don't know exactly how long, but several decades at least have passed with the two boys, Cain and Abel, as they grew into adulthood and became men. And Cain rose up and slew his brother. And at the end of chapter 4, God appointed another seed named Seth instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And we'll read in the next verse of Genesis 5, verse 3, that Adam was 130 years old when God gave him Seth, when he begat Seth. And, And so this is well into history now, 130 years. Yet at this particular point in genesis 5 god makes this statement this is the book of the generations of adam and we wonder why why would god make that kind of a statement and the the answer is because now in genesis 5 god is going to begin to reveal the timeline of history, or he's going to give us the calendar of the Bible. And this statement, this is the book of the generations of Adam. Notice that generations is plural. It's not the generation of Adam, but generations of Adam. And uh, Adam, the name Adam, also means man, So this is the book of the generations of man. And as we go on, as we continue, looking at Genesis 5 and and later Genesis chapter 10 and 11 and, and so forth, we'll find that the biblical calendar of history was attached to various men, to various calendar reference patriarchs. And at this point, in the beginning, from the creation, from the year that God created the world, because Adam was created in the first week of Earth's existence and the first week of the universe existence, then Adam's age, his age as as he would grow older uh he would be uh five years and ten years and and 15 years, and 30 years old, and so forth, as Adam aged, his age became a record of the age of the earth. You could know how old the earth and the universe was based on Adam's age. And by the way, keeping track of time from the very beginning is the same as it is today. Because... Remember back in Genesis chapter 1, God said of the sun, the moon, and the stars, in Genesis 1, verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And that's... Referring to the sun, the moon, and the stars. The creation of them, when God placed them in the heavens above, and he attached the light to the sun, where from that point on, light would come every every time the sun rose. But the movements of the sun, the moon, and the stars, these celestial bodies, govern movement of time, from the point of their creation. And these movements are very precise. Today, as well as then, we know that a month, a lunar month, would be 29.530 days. And we know that a year would be 365.2422 days. Very accurately, very precisely, year after year, year after year, because it was essential, it was very important to God that there be an accurate method of timekeeping and the creation of the celestial clock, the sun, moon, and stars, means that time is in the hands of God. It's not in the hands of men or in the hands of historians or, or individuals who make up calendars but time is in the hands of God. He created time with the creation of the world and the creation of the Sun, moon and stars and 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 the movements of time are created by God and so Adam was formed, in the first week of creation, in the first year. He was made in the first year, and so now, as God says, this is the book of the generations of Adam, in the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. The Lord is uh, indicating that Adam is the first calendar reference patriarch, and then others will follow. Uh, For instance, Jude, in the New Testament, that little epistle right before the book of Revelation, Jude says this in verse 14, and Enoch also the seventh from Adam. And And so Adam was the first, Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam, and we find that God assigns um, a year in which Enoch was born and and uh, Enoch never died. He was taken, uh, but God gives us the year he was taken. And Lord willing, as we continue studying in the book of Genesis, we'll find that in the days of Noah, Noah becomes the calendar reference patriarch and the flood is keyed to his birth, to his days. And that's why God tells us it was in the 600th year of Noah, the 600th year that the flood came. And then we read Noah lived 350 years after the flood and then he died and and another individual would take over. Because this is the book of the generations of Adam, the generations of man. And each calendar reference patriarch is one of those generations of man, of Adam. And God is keeping the record. But, you know, this language here, this is the book of the generations of Adam is not found, as far as I could tell, anywhere else in the Old Testament where where God says, this is the book of the generations of. The only similar statement is found at the beginning of the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1 and in verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And here, as God is opening up the New Testament, Matthew is the first book you see in the New Testament, chapter one, verse one. Just as the statement in Genesis five, verse one, we were a little surprised it was given then, uh, and and not in Genesis one, one, but the statement in Genesis five, verse one is a statement that applies to the entire Old Testament. It it applies to uh, all the biblical calendar patriarchs of the time before Christ. Because time in the Old Testament was kept according to the timeline of various people, various men, the generations of Adam. But, What do we know? You know, it's unusual. Uh, Well, maybe it's not unusual. It's how God wanted things to be. But it's a blessing that still today, in this evil age, in this evil time of the end of the world, the most evil time imaginable, that's where we're at in history. It's a time when um, man does not want prayer in school. They do not want statements of, in God we trust, even though some of them are still found on on our coins or on, on our money. They would like to do away with any reference to God, any reference to the Bible, any reference to Ten Commandments, and and just rid themselves of it. Yet still, here we are, and it's the year, the time we're giving this Bible study, The year 2016 A.D. A.D. And A.D., they are initials that stand for Domino, and that means the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. The calendar, even though not accurate, because it really is saying the 2016 years ago the Lord was born, The Lord Jesus entered into the world, and that's not accurate because he was born in 7 BC, and in the year 2016, it's actually 2,022 years since the birth of Christ, not 2016, but still, we are living in the generation of Jesus Christ, It's the generation of Christ from the time that he was born, or at least that's what the calendar implies. We have been keeping track of century after century after century according to the lifespan or the the life of Jesus Christ, and since Jesus Christ is eternal God alive in the heavens, and and normally, a calendar reference patriarch, uh, you you use um, his timeline until he dies, and so it is fitting, it is appropriate that we're continuing to use the timeline for Christ because he lives, he he is the Great I Am, the Ever Living One, and so today maybe it'll change, maybe it'll change, and as man goes on and in his desperation to rid all vestige of things that are related to the God of the Bible, maybe he'll finally manage to get the the rest of his fellow men to change um, the way we keep track of history so that they'll no longer call it the year of our Lord, but something else. And, and there has been attempts and movements to try and do that. But so far, it's been resisted overall, and, and we continue to be in the year 2016, the year of our Lord. But even if man were successful, that doesn't mean we would stop being the generation of Christ. Because this is how God is keeping track of time. In the Old Testament, the book of the generations, plural, of Adam. In the New Testament era, the book of the generation, singular, of Jesus Christ. And we can see how God has arranged things. This is how the Bible, how God himself, keeps track of time in this world, of the history of the world. It's divided up into these two different generations. The generations of man would take us all the way to the birth of Christ. And then from the time of Christ, we go all the way to the end of the world, which is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. And, and so with this statement in Genesis 5, God is introducing us to... The record-keeping of time, otherwise known as a calendar. This is the Bible's introduction to the calendar of history. And so God treats it as such by declaring this is the book of the generations of Adam. Okay, let's go on to verse 3. Of Genesis chapter five, and Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image, and called his name Seth. And we talked about this in our last study at the end of uh, our study of Genesis chapter four, how God appointed another seed instead of Abel, and I made reference to when that took place, because this is the first. Calendar reference, this is the first indicator of where we are in history since the fall of man that we read about back in Genesis 3. That This is the first time reference where we can see events and where people are in relationship to the creation of the world. And, and so we have the creation, and now we have the first date on the calendar of history, which is year 130 of Adam. Year 130 of Adam. And by this time, Seth is begotten in year 130. Cain has already slain Abel, and now there's another seed Name Seth. And isn't it interesting the very first that this isn't like the eighth or the tenth in a series of references of dates of ages or anything like that. This is the very first age given in all of history in, in the Bible it, from the creation of the world. This is the first Number, the first date that God gives us, and it happens to be the year or the age of 130. 130. And, and we wonder why that particular age. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll say in the way God uses that number 130 that it relates to the end of time. It relates to the end of the world. 130 can be broken down to the number 10 times 13. 10 points to completeness. 13 is a number that identifies with super fullness, which occurs at the end of the world. And, and very consistently, God uses the number 13 in the Bible to point to the end of time. Uh, 13 times around Jericho. And then the walls fell down. Or Joseph's dreams. He dreamed two dreams with his brethren. The first dream, 11 stars and the sun and the moon bow down to him. 11 stars plus sun and moon equals 13. And Jacob interpreted to be his brethren as well as his mother and father bowed down to him. So in those very unusual dreams. First, there's a dream where 11 bow down, and then there's a dream where 13 bow down. And the two key numbers of history we'll find again and again in the Bible, the, the two extremely important numbers in the Bible are the number 11 and the number 13, because 11 points to the first coming of Christ, the Messiah, and 13 to his second coming at the end of the world. And so when we search the Bible and, and, uh, you can find the number 13 used in various places, it points to the time of the end. And so the very first age, the very first calendar reference that we find in our calendar of history is a number that identifies with the end of the world. No wonder God says that He declares the end from the beginning. And He has done it here in a figure as the Bible is prone to do. God throughout the Bible gives types and figures. And, and here we have Adam, the, the, uh, the man Adam. And and he lived to be 130, and then he has another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And concerning that, uh, we, we went into some detail in a discussion last time that that relates to the end of time. Remember that statement in Genesis 4-3 in the Hebrew, in the end of days. And then Cain, typifying the church rises up and slays his brother Abel. And that, again, is picturing the corporate church, the tears within the church that drive out the true believers, typified by Abel, the, the elective God. And the first age were given after that incident, 130, which is Adam's age. And then he is presented with another seed, And when we look at the biblical calendar of history, as projected into the New Testament era, into our time, our modern day, we find that the calendar points to the year 1988, which was the 13,000th year of Earth's history, as the time when God ended the church age and and began the process of dividing the wheat and the tares. The Holy Spirit came out of the midst of the congregations, and and that began the Great Tribulation. In the year 1988, the 13,000th year of Earth's history. And 13,000 is 10 times 13, and you have 130 times 10 times 10. I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. That, that thing, 10 times 13 times 10 times 10. But you see, the number 10 times 13 is within 13,000. That's not a coincidence. It's not just something that, that happens, uh, you know, when we have that kind of link, that kind of association. It is the infinite mind of God who knows the circumstances of the the end from the very beginning. And so, when writing his word, when moving men of old, like Moses, who God used to write the book of Genesis, to, to write it down, God moves Moses to make mention of Adam's age. At the time that these things occurred, so we finally, at living at the time of the end, can uh, once God has opened up a great many things concerning His calendar of history, and and we see how the end time program of God's judgment is laid out over these certain dates, these key dates, we can then see. The tie-in. We, we can make the identification. Oh, oh wow. Look at this. This matches. It agrees with our calendar of history. You see how it adds strength. It is a confirmation. It's an encouragement to us that look uh, here. We've been talking about it for years and years that the year 1988 is key. The 13,000th year of earth's history. And now God gives an age. The very first age he records in the Bible. 130 years old was Adam when he received the other seed. And we also talked about how that ties into the great multitude of elect that become saved outside of the churches once the seed within the church has been lost, in a sense, with the end of the church age. Lord willing, in our next study, we're going to look at this particular age of 130. And from what I can see, including this reference in Genesis 5, verse 3, the age 130 appears in four places in the Bible. Four very significant places, and we're going to uh, take a look at each one of those places uh, beginning in our next Bible study. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, E-Bible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone.